0: You're listening to 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. You are now listening to Flashbulb Memories. I'm the host of the show, Kenny Horn. And this week, I have a very special guest. I'm so happy that he's on the show. I am joined by Kevin Kronk, the world's greatest social director. How are you doing, Kevin?
1: I am great. Thanks for having me, Kenny. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I am so happy you're here. For you repeat listeners who've heard me mention Daniel's Top of the Poconos Resort, we should Top of the World, honestly. Evan was the social director there for a very long time. That's how my family and got to be hundreds of other families have met you throughout the years. Lots of memories. One thing that always stuck out about you was your music, obviously.
1: Yeah. So can you tell us about yourself, your taste in music, anything, really? With the well, I mean, you mentioned Daniels, of course. Daniels is a big part of my life, too, not just working there. But prior to that, I I went up there as my family vacation when I was a little boy since the seventies. So I had a big uh, connection before I even worked there. And I love, you know, it was the one thing in my, every year, you know, like a pilgrimage, you have to go to Daniel's and uh, the best times of my life, the memories, the people I met. And then, you know, getting a job there, I worked there 17 years. I'm pretty sure I held the record of the longest social director. Usually they just stuck around for maybe a year or two, maybe three, I don't know, but not 17 years. So uh, I stuck it out cause I loved it. Summers were crazy, pretty busy there, you know, doing one activity to the next. But uh, you got in a groove and you just loved it. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it, it's unfortunately not around anymore. But it was a big part of my life, and people like you and me or uh, know that special thing that it had. You know, and it just can't be duplicated. That's right. But, Can you tell us about your taste in music before we get going? Yeah, my taste in music. I mean, basically classic rock. You know, over the years, although some of the choices I gave you, as you could see, were, were not definitely not rock <laughs> in that category Definitely not. Um, there's a couple one that veered off there of course the stones as you know the rolling stones were my big favorite band and that was very instrumental when I, as soon as i saw mick jagger it was a it was a turning point in my life it's hard to say why you know where would i be without music you know what could i say
0: yeah yeah i'm sure a lot of people ask themselves that question yeah. besides my dad's three hour episode that he did you have the most diverse choice of music i've seen point. really no I'm yes so let's just get right into it. We got walk this way. All right. <laughs>
2: I Oh the
0: Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath. Before that it was Walk <laughs> This Way by Aerosmith. Smith. I am joined on Flashbulb Memories this week by the one and only Kevin Cronk. Kevin, please tell me your memory of Walk This Way.
1: Well, Walk This Way, uh, of course, you probably have, uh, thought that a lot of my memories would go to Daniels, and a lot of them are. Walk This Way, the first time I heard it was at Daniels. I was a little kid, you know, before teenagers. I'm not sure exactly how old, but as, you know, probably like 11, 12, around that age. And we're in the summers, July, and we were there for a week. And there was two employees. One, I'm pretty sure, was named Mike. I'm not sure. What I remember most is that this guy, Mike, uh, that worked there would play Walk This Way and Back in the New York Groove by Kiss, like, every day, all the time. He just would feed the jukebox, and he just, like, that was obviously the favorite songs that Walk This Way I really liked. You know, I started to kiss, wow, I never heard this song. That's how I got into it. And on my last day, I remember I wanted to take the song home. You know, I didn't have a recording of it. So I got my little boombox radio and I played it myself and I put the, you know, the speaker up against the the jukebox speaker so I could record it. And it was funny, I had it for years, you know, walk this way and you would hear people in the background playing pool. The balls would be hitting and people were talking, but that, that was my, you know, my little cassette version of walk this way. I I would have memories of Daniel's. The second part of the memory was later on, I went to my mom's uh, sister's house. Uh, my aunt Patsy. And we just spent a couple weeks there because it was still summer vacation. So I spent like 10 days there or so. I met a few of the kids in her building. She lived in an apartment building in New Jersey, Cliffside Park. And uh, there's a few cute girls there, you know, that lived in the apartment building and I liked them and they apparently liked me. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like the new kid in town because they came over, they didn't know me. Either. So I was a new kid in town and they- Mystery. Thought, oh, who's this guy? You know, and we ended up, somehow we ended up playing games uh, all the time like Run, Catch, and Kiss and Spin the Bottle, those type of games. And I, I played that song, Walk This Way, and that kind of became my song at that time where they affiliated that song with me. And uh, they, there's a line in that song specifically where I probably one of the few lyrics I could pick up at the time and understood what he was talking about. He just said, Feet Fly Up in the Air. So anytime I play that song, you know, I'd kind of sing feet fly up in the air, and I, I would like do this little jump, you know, jump and kick or whatever, something like that. And the girls, you know, would always ask for it. They said, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna play that song, you know, feet fly up in the air." I think they thought that was the name of the song, and they would w- wait in anticipation for me to jump up and kick my feet and say feet fly up in the air, you know. So it has like two memories, which uh, and those were great days. I tell you, man, I I didn't I didn't want to leave my aunts. Uh, it was a very limited, small small window of time, but. I never wanted to, between Daniels and that, you know, I could have lived on both those places. Great, great memories. We walked this way.
0: That's one of my favorite stories, the thing
1: I've heard on the show. Ever. <laughs> I love that. Can you tell me about Black Sabbath? Ah, uh-huh, Black Sabbath. It's funny, I was listening to it, I haven't heard that song in a long time, but it was bringing back those memories. My, when I was a kid, again, I was a kid, my brother had classic rock and Sabbath was, he had a few of those albums. So he played that song. And uh, when I was a kid, I, I thought it was scary. I, I, I thought I was frightened by that song, you know, the, the rain coming down and the bells and, and what is this that stands before me. And then, you know, uh, he says, oh, no, no, you no. Know? So I remember once my brother invited me to his room and he was like, oh, come here. You know, he went, I mean, let's hang out or something like that. Right there. I knew there was something up with that. But he, he invited me to his room. <laughs> he invited me to his room. Sure enough, he played that song and he dimmed the lights. And then he got, I think he got a flashlight and, you know, made it even scarier by singing along to in the flashlight in a dark room. So I was anytime I hear that song I think about my brother trying to sing. And and succeeding. Succeeding in that. <laughs> and succeeding. That's so. very
0: important. I'm having so much fun. I love this. All right. We are going to change gears for our next three songs. We started off kind of heavy, but we're gonna go a little bit softer. First one by Barbara Streisand.
3: These words as gently as I can. There's been another man that I've needed and I've loved. But that doesn't mean I love you less. And he knows you can't possess me. And he knows you never will. There's just this empty place.
4: Bitty Davis eyes She'll turn her music on you You won't have to think twice She's pure as New York snow She got Bitty Davis eyes I-
0: Was Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Before that, Torn Between Two Lovers by Mary McGregor. And before that, Barbara Streisand, people. Can you tell me about your memory with people?
1: Ah, uh, people. People who need people. Uh, again, it goes back to Daniel's uh, probably my first or second year. I think it was first or second year working there uh, as a social director at the resort, Daniels. And uh, there was a group of handicapped people that were vacationing there for the week. And there was a woman, one of the handicapped ladies, uh, was named was named Merild, and she would always sing for karaoke, uh, "Yankee Doodle Dandy" and "People" by Barbra Streisand, and she sang it probably every day or almost almost every day. But on the on the last uh, the last day, as you know, we sometimes had a talent show, so she did the talent show and she sang that song, and I just remember it. Um, you know, it's a song I don't hardly ever hear on the radio or. If I do, I might I probably change the station, to be honest. But, you know, it's not like my type of song. But I always remember Meryl singing that for the talent show. It was very emotional because, you know, here she is handicapped. And the song is saying, you know, people who need people. You know, it's kind of a very valid, emotional kind of song. But, you know, I was thinking kind of like, here's a person that needs people, needs a lot of people just to, you know, more so than a, the typical person because she's with a disability. So she really needs to be on. But in, in essence, she was saying, you know, she's. She's lucky to, you know, she's, she's lucky to be here. You know, and just, I kind of took it as like, wow, like here's a person, I don't know, she just had so much hope, was kind of teaching. I, I felt like me and everybody in the room, a lesson about, you know, she's the luckiest person, you know, you know, it was emotional. And I always remember that. And then after the song was over, the funny part about it is she, uh, turns to me and mistakes me as the owner, looks at me. And even though she's been calling me Kevin all week, you know, she looks at me and calls me Chuck, who was the owner of, uh, Daniels and says, I just want to thank you, Chuck for having this resort and uh, all the great things. I had a great time this week. Thank you, Chuck. So then at that point I just said, thank you, Marilyn. Drinks are on the house, everybody, you know, just like, <laughs> <laughs> threw in a little levity because after that song, it was kind of emotional. And I think I was on the verge of tears, but like I said, I hardly hear that song, but when I do, I definitely think of Meryl singing her heart out. Can you tell me about Torn Between Two Lovers? I don't know if you're familiar with Kate's Hell Records, but. Uh, I don't think they make them anymore, but when I when I was a kid, it was a compilation album with a lot of assor- assorted artists, and the label was called K-Tel, and they would have TV commercials saying, you know, 20 popular songs by all the popular hits, you know, get them now, you know, it was like, there, there was a store across the street from me in Queens, HL Green, they normally carried the K-Tel record, so the one, the compilation, I probably bought it for maybe uh, I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Paul and Oates however that song was on there too like I said it's a compilation album and Torn Between Two Lovers was a song my mom used to like so anytime I played it on my record player I remembered my mom says I'll play that that song or you know flip the song the record over I like that one song uh, Torn Between Two Lovers so uh, and I had a great relationship with my mom and uh, I love music a lot. I'm sur- I'm kind of surprised I don't have more memories with music and my mom. I have a few, but that's one of them. And then many years later, my, my mom unfortunately passed away. Somewhere th- through the grapevine, I always heard every now and then that before my, my dad asked my mom to marry her, uh, there was another guy. And she got married very young, like 19, 19 years old or something. But there was another guy that asked her to marry her. Right around that time, and I don't know if she just said no, or at first she said yes, and then she gave back the ring. I'm not sure of the details, but there was another guy in, in the picture way back when. Years later, when my mom passed away, I was going through her stuff and, uh, you know, cleaning her apartment, and then I was taking a, a picture out of a picture frame of of her. There's a picture of her, and I take a picture, and behind her picture is this picture of this guy, Carl. An old, you know, an old picture of Carl, which was the guy that once asked her to marry her when she was like in high school, and I just thought, wow, after all these years, you know. Like she had, she had a lot of time to throw this picture out. You know, she could have threw it out, but but she kept it behind this picture frame. She probably, you know, had some sort of sentimental meaning, of course, and didn't couldn't throw it out. And then when I think that was the one song I associated her with, torn between two lovers. I'm like, huh? I wonder when she sang that song. You know, back in 1978. Was, you know, was she thinking of Carl? You know, all these years, kind of a mystery to me.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's hilarious. Tell me about Betty Davis eyes.
1: Betty Davis eyes. Well, this was just kind of a goofy story but when the song came out i lived in queens jackson heights and uh, i used to go up to this uh, little deli on northern boulevard and the guy that owned it well the one guy behind the counter he he was always there he owned it but there was always this other guy that always was there hanging around like drinking beer and smoking a cigarette and i thought he was just like this guy that was bumming around hanging out once he told me he was he was technically a silent partner i kind of felt like i don't you know i am kind of skeptical if that was true or not because you know but maybe he was but to me he was just some guy always hung out at the deli drinking beer. So when the song was there, somehow he started up a conversation saying, hey, did you hear that, that Betty Davis-Eyes song? Goes, oh yeah, I love that song. And he's like, oh, I was down in New Jersey. I was down in New Jersey last week. I knew that song was going to be a hit. They're banging on the tables in New Jersey. Betty Davis-Eyes. And he had that kind of rough voice and he's like, I knew that song. People are going... Banging on the tables in Jersey, I knew it was gonna be a hit. And that was like his, uh, his benchmark. What you know, how he knew it was gonna be a song that people are banging on. T- people to New Jersey bars. The way he said it and his like kind of rough around the edges kind of way. I'm like, anytime I hear it now, I'm like, ah, oh, there's that song, They're banging on the tables in New Jersey. I, I don't think he's the owner of that deli anymore. That's all I got to say. If, if he ever, oh, no. if, if he ever was an owner of the deli, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, if uh, he ever was. But yeah, that's what I think of when I think of the. Let me take this side.
0: It's funny that we go from something that's very, kind of too heavy memories, and then right after that, the silent potential partner of the deli. We're gonna move on to our next songs. I'm gonna be completely honest, these have absolutely no relation to each other, so I just threw them together. Anthony, before that, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I am joined on Flashball Memories by Kevin Krong. Kevin, you type about Iris?
1: Again, it goes back to Daniels. This was my last year being a guest at Daniels before I moved to the Poconos and started working there. I went up to, I, I, I wasn't working at the time. I quit my job a few, a couple months prior to that summer. I went on there around late, late July. And had a great time. My mom thought I was crazy. She's like, "You're not working. How are you gonna afford it?" I'm like, "I'll put it on my credit card." You know, I lived in Jersey City. I said, "I got to go to Daniel's. It's the one thing I look forward to." I put it on my credit card, and I had a great time. And uh, I got very friendly with the staff, uh, especially some of the waitresses from, uh, you know, Poland and Yugoslavia and Lithuania. Some really, really pretty girls there and i remember dan you know that song was one of the songs of the summer that you heard a lot and i danced a lot with the beautiful girls it sounds kind of superficial but really being up there with was a turning point in my life where i said you know i I gotta i gotta i gotta relive this i gotta you know i don't want to go back to jersey city and, and you know i have to be you know i have to be in the poconos if these girls come back next summer and uh So I moved to Poconos, pretty much based on on that. I know it sounds crazy, but so I and I had nothing to lose. I was out of work. You know, I didn't like living in Jersey City. So what I did, I just after the summer, I moved up to Daniels and I stayed ever since. But uh, I remember when I was dancing to the Goo Goo Dolls with those girls. I'm like, I thought my best years at Daniels were behind me. You know, I had so many good childhood memories there. I thought my my best years, my best memories are probably behind me. But as I'm dancing to the Goo, Goo Dolls with these girls, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe my best years are right in front of me. So uh, I wanted to find out if that was the case. So I moved to Daniel's or the Poconos and the rest is history. I never looked back.
0: You mentioned that it was very uh, summery song and Vivir Vida also seems, I'm <laughs> assuming that was also very much a summer song. Can you yes. tell me yeah. about that
1: memory? The Mark Anthony song, I was expecting my first child, uh, my wife was pregnant and that was the song that she had in her phone for the wake up, uh, her alarm was set to that song every day. Uh, so we we woke up to that song every day. And part of the reason, the, re- the main reason why she picked that song, she, she read somewhere in a book or she Googled that the fetus could hear hear the music inside when you even should, in the belly, If you, the, the music and stuff. I'm sure she Googled something like that or read it in a book. So she wanted to kind of see if that's the case and influ- influence our young kid at a very, very young age uh, with music. And just the other day, uh, now she, I have to say, my daughter loves that song. Just two days ago. So she was right. And I'm sure my wife is giving credit to herself for putting it in the alarm, but I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm, I'm a skeptical of that. But at any rate, she does love that song. We played it the other day, just two days ago in the car, and it's so cute, I look look at my daughter Sophia in the rearview mirror, and uh, she's trying to sing along. She loves that song. She she doesn't know the words, of course, but she's trying to sing along to that song. And if you shut it off, she'd cry, I'll put it back on, you know? So uh, it'll always have a memory of, of course, the pregnancy and waking up, and slowly but surely coming to the day of having a baby. But then now my memory of is what's happening currently, which is watching my daughter get very excited and singing along to that Mark Anthony song. And I'm sure when she moves along to her own music, when she gets a little older and she finds her own bands and music, I'll say, Ah, oh, remember the good old days when she used to sing to Mark Anthony. <laughs> so it's a very very fond memory, and uh, it continues.
0: That's great. We're going to move on to our last music break of the show. We have two artists that are very very famous, very very important. First one is Neil Young. God. She's So Cold by The Rolling Stones. Before that, My, My, Hey, Hey, Out of the Blue by Neil Young and Can't Forget Crazy Horse. I am joined this week on Flash Bowl Memories by Kevin Crunk. Kevin, please tell me your memory about My, My, Hey, Hey.
1: That is a song that I always think of this particular time in my life. that am uh, hanging out with my friends again in Queens, teenagers, and we're hanging out in a basement somewhere. It was cold. It was like a winter day. So we were trying to just warm up and hang out in the basement. We were hanging out with this bunch of older guys too, that somebody knew, you know, they're just neighborhood people that I didn't know, but they were a little, a little older than us. Somehow a fight breaks out. I just remember my friend, John got kicked to something and, you know, all this commotion and I got up and I said, Hey, what's, you know, what's going on just to see and then some guy punched me a couple of times. The next thing you know, I'm bleeding, I have blood all over my, I remember I was wearing white pants. I was like painter pants, white. And it was like a lot of uh, red blood on my white pants. Anyway, so as we're le- exiting the base, somebody picked up my radio, my boom box, may, may it be me or one of my friends, and they by accident pressed the record button during, this, during the fight and nobody knew it. So I, I just grabbed my radio, someone gave it to me and it was just an accident that someone pressed the record button. So part of the fight is recorded this happening is recorded and the entire walk home until the, the, ta- the cassette tape runs out completely. So now we're walking back home and it's raining that night. So you hear the rain and we're all talking and we're out of breath. And we're like, oh man, you know, it's a big who got hit? Are you okay? And, you know, so we're just talking about the whole event. And we're little, you know, we're our voices. I remember listening to that cassette tape and our voices are still kind of high, you know, like it was a time capsule that, and it was pretty long tape and it was great to have because it was this time capsule that nobody knew that the the film was rolling. So we're all talking until the tape ran out and I heard the tape stop and know, made that sound, that clicking sound and I looked up and I, and I rewound it and I realized, wow, part of that fight and our whole conversation of this moment in time has been we've been recorded. So I kept it for years and years and it was great to have. Unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. I got uh. lost in a fire, but. I held onto it and I wanted to copy it onto a CD or something. I heard that that you could do that now. It was great to have because of the, like I said, nobody knew it was on. So it was like reality TV, truly, but you know, nobody knows they're on. And it was such a young moment in our lives. We were like 16, 17, and uh, we got such a kick out. of it. So anyway, my point is that we played it so much. We played it and played it. And every time we would play it and rewind the tape, it was on that Neil Young album, uh, Rust Never Sleeps. And so it got interrupted during that song. So every time I play "Russ Never Sleeps," or try to get it to where the fight begins. You would inevitably hear Neil Young "Russ Never Sleeps." You know, I would rewind it a little too too much, and we would hear a little Neil Young, and then it would go into the fight, and the walk home, and all that. So anytime to this day, anytime I hear Neil that that song or that album, I kind of think, ah, oh, yeah, back when we were like 17 years old, and never knowing that someone pressed that record button. Yeah. I was kind That's of, great. I wish I still had it. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. So I put the stones last because I know how much you love them. I wanted to end on them. Can we talk about She's So Cold?
1: Yeah. Well, that was the first. Of course, I was getting into the stones little by little, but She's So Cold was the first video I saw, you know, ever of the stones. It was, I stayed home to record that song again with my, <laughs> my trusty boombox there. I didn't have that song, She's So Cold, or Emotional Rescue. And there was a TV show called uh, Solid Gold. And Solid Gold was saying, tonight, we have the Rolling Stones. We've got two new hits, you know, She's So Cold and Emotional Rescue. And so I stayed home just to, to record it or, you know, press my boombox against the TV speaker and record it. And But by doing that, I saw the two videos. Emotional Rescue and She's So Cold was on that, na- that night, Solid Gold. I recorded it, and it was the first time I saw full-length videos of the Stones. And it, I can't put a much emphasis on it, how much that changed my life, because seeing Mick Jagger and the Stones, that became, that's the day they became my favorite band. And that's that day I, I started imitating Mick Jagger. I saw that and I went out with my friends with my boom box and I played what I just recorded and I just started jumping around like Mick Jagger. My friends got a big kick out of it. They go, "Oh, that's you know, every time a stone song came on the radio, I said, hey Kevin, you know, do you Mick Jagger? Do you Mick Jagger? You know, like it became my thing way back when I was like, whatever, teenager. So it really, really was a big moment because that's when they became my band. I imitate them all the time, including to this day. You know, I mean, I'm still all those years at Daniel's uh, at karaoke jumping around behind the bar doing Mick Jagger. Now I'm in a Stones tribute band. It's not many things that carry over from when you're 14 years old until you're you know, 55 and you're still kind of doing it. Most of those things you leave behind somehow, some way. Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones is still very much part of me. And it really started when I turned on the TV for Solid Gold and so she's so cold. and I was like, that's what I want to do. That Mick Jagger, he's cool. yeah you know, I thought that was just the coolest video I ever saw. That was a turning point in my life. My young little life still carries over. Oh, that's great.
0: Thank you, Kevin, so much for sitting with me and doing this. I've had a blast. It's been one of my favorite ones to
1: do in a long time. It's a pleasure. Always good to see you. And I love talking about music. And so I think it's a, I love this concept that, that you have with the radio show. I think it's Thank very you. cool.
0: That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Flashball Memories on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. Be tuned in next week when I have an all new guest and all new list of music.